0: Thank you for being so generous. Thank you for being who you are. It's just a joy to run this race with you guys and gals. We love you. You know, it's just real important uh, that we, you know, are in unity together. And part of unity is making sure we're, we're reaching the same direction. We're, we're going the same way. And, and uh, one of the ways that we, uh, we do that, you know, because we come to church, we gather, we fellowship a little bit, and then we, we go about our lives is that we're all, you know, what is God emphasizing in the preaching? That we all go home, we actually do something with that, right? We're actually applying that, thinking about it, incorporating it into our life. But then, as we feed on the same spiritual truths or emphasis, that helps a lot, keeps the church in unity. And, uh, you know, I I just encourage you, uh, maybe you've bought this when it came out, maybe you don't have one yet, it's called A Prosperous Journey. Uh, I wrote it, but that's not why I want you to have it. Uh, there, the book is filled with revelation that God taught me about how to have a prosperous journey. And um, it's just living large in my heart. And if, we're, if we would all feed along this same line, and we all reach that same direction, then that's going to foster a great, great amount of unity. But I tell you what, no matter where you are, I don't know everyone in the room, wherever you are right now in your life, I just want to remind you, God has a wonderful plan for you. Amen. I mean, beyond description. You know, starting about when my, my, grand, my granddad's died of cancer, both of them, a couple of years apart. And it's where I, I don't know, it just got me thinking about my future. And I began to dream, like a lot of us do, about what we wanted to do, and I wanted to go into medicine, I wanted to be a radiation tech, I wanted to help fight that. I didn't know about God's power or healing or anything like that. And so I, and I, I looked at what those people got paid, and I thought, well, I could have a good life, and that's just kind of what I dreamed. Saw myself at the Lake most weekends, whatever, enjoying kids and whatever and I have fun but the life I live today the life God had authored for me all the time was so far beyond, I mean I've seen Jesus heal blind eyes through this, this hand right here standing in the sands of India now, I'd have never thought that I'm standing in front of a redeemed, blood bought I'm standing before kings in Jesus. I never thought that. Don't, don't give up God's plan for your life for anything. And what it, don't, don't let whatever season you're in in life and how far down the road you are disqualify you in your own mind. Be willing to make whatever changes you need to make to discover and find and walk out God's plan for your life. Because it's, you, it's better than what you know. The devil, he man, he's got people deceived. Oh man, you don't be a Christian to the end of your life. You won't have any fun. That's bunk. I'm telling you, that's a lie. Total lie. Amen. I love my life. I remember the days I used to I used to start getting sad on Sunday afternoons. Don't worry, this is part of ministry, okay? I'm you're all right. Amen. But I remember starting to get sad as the suns got low in the sky on Sundays because I knew Monday morning I'm going to have to put a suit on, fight city traffic, and go to a place I didn't want to go and do something I didn't like to earn money. And it's honorable to do that, to pay bills and to provide and do what you need to do. But God's got something better. Today, I don't care. Half the time I don't know what day it is. I just, I love every day. I love Monday just as much as I love Sunday or Friday or whatever, because every day of my life, God has got something good planned. Same thing's true for you. Same thing's true. Amen. And uh, so anyway, that's a little plug for my book. And uh, it's my life in the, in these books, things that God's taught me and things that, but it will help you if you read it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So, uh, turn in your Bible, if you would, please, to the book of Hebrews. We will be in Habakkuk in a few minutes. And uh, praise God. Hebrews. I see some guys in here that I see at the gym, but I never had a chance to meet. So, glad you're here. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Hebrews 11. And what I had on my heart today to talk to you about is... Uh, I've debated about what to title it. I I decided to title it A New Hope. A New Hope. You know the occupants of the world? Is that the title of a Star Wars movie? Okay. But don't tell the trademark people I stole it. A New Hope. Yeah. And uh, or a subtitle, if you will, would be What's Your Vision? You know, we as human beings, we've walked through some stuff this year. And, you know, so much of us, because of what we've taught most of us in this room, because of what God's been able to get over to us from His Word, we live different. And I know for me, God's, my, my vocation, my calling is in the body of Christ. I, I'm a pastor, and so I, I live in a bubble, kind of, right? I, I'm surrounded by honor, right, and, and people who love Jesus, and people who want to live the Word and have all God has, and, but I know... Not everybody in this room, most people in this room, they don't work with people like that. You know, and there are people out there, there are people in the church, I mean, uh, so far in America, one out of five churches uh, are closed permanently. They, They won't reopen. And so people have lost hope, they've lost jobs, been laid off, finances have been affected, people have lost loved ones. People have endured things. And so as we end 2020 and go into 2021, I wanted to talk to you about having a new hope and the importance of hope and having a vision for your life. Now, if you're fairly new to the church, every year about this time, I encourage everyone in the congregation, every family, to create a, what we call a saying list. The Bible says you can have what you say, Mark 11:23, 23. And uh, if you don't say it, you can't have it. You're getting what you say, whether you know that or not, you know, and uh, praise God. So we want what we call a a saying list. What what is it? It's an articulation of what you're believing God for. So this year we're going to simplify it. And what I'm challenging everyone to do is to develop a family top 10. So right now the Cody's are working on a Cody top 10. What do we believe in God to do? What do we want God to do for us in 2021? What do we want God to enable us to do for him? In 2021, in other words, what is our hope? What is our hope? What is our vision? That's what I want to talk to you about today. Could y'all get excited about it? Okay, praise God. I don't have any other message, so this is the message. (laughs) Hebrews 11, verse 1, look at what it says. Now faith is the substance of what? Things Hoped for. Aren't you glad that faith will give substance to things? You know, overly spiritual people who don't think really in line with the Bible, they diminish the role of things. Now, I understand our lives are not all about things, but you know, you need things. Uh, Clothes is a things, and we're glad you have those. (laughs) The vehicle you drove here, aren't you glad you didn't have to gallop in a horse up here? That's a thing. Aren't you glad for the thing that keeps you out of the weather and out of the rain? You know, it's, I, found, I saw on Facebook this morning, it's snowing like all get out in Oklahoma right now. Yeah, know, you're jealous. I'm not. I'm Anyway, praise God. Uh, but a house is a thing. A car is a thing. A watch is a thing. God knows you need things. The Bible says, Jesus said himself, your father knows you have need of all these things. So look at this: the things that you don't have that you want and need, faith gives substance or reality to those things. And don't sell yourself don't sell yourself self short. If I could talk this morning, because God's a he's a rich God, he's a good God, he's an exceedingly big God. So don't go chipper chicken. Amen. God, the Bible says here, faith is the substance of things. Here's a very important phrase after that, though. Things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Now, when the writer uses the word unseen, he means unseen to the physical senses. Unseen to your five physical senses. It doesn't mean they don't exist. So how important is hope? It's, it's vital. It is so important that you have hope. Because without hope, your faith has nothing to do. Your faith has no target. Hope is your scope. You have to understand, uh, you know, your faith needs to be targeted. Your faith needs to be specific. This is where many Christians miss it. They're so vague. Well, God knows what's best for me. I'm just trusting Him to bring it into my life. You won't have anything but what the devil wants for you. The Bible says, yes, God knows the things that you need before you ask Him, but He still says, ask Him. Jesus said Himself, teaching His disciples about prayer, He said, up to now you've asked the Father nothing in my name. Ask that you might receive, that your joy might be full. Isn't it interesting, when Jesus is teaching his apostles about prayer, the, where, he, where he started is teaching them to pray for things they want. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nothing motivates you, ought to motivate you than praying for things you want, yeah. wow. praying for things you need. Yeah. And in that, you learn how to believe you receive. You learn how to... Use your faith to bring the unseen into the realm of the seen. Now, faith is not hope, and hope is not faith, but you need both. You need both. Turn with me to the right over to 1 Peter chapter 1. Glory to God. And, and so if I had a chance to just have, chat with you a little bit, what are you hoping for? What, has, what is in your sights? What are you targeting What are you believing God for moving forward? We've all missed God if we're not in faith about something. Because without faith, that's the sixth verse of Hebrews 11, it's impossible to please God. Amen? Now it's not all about money either and things. Amen? I want more strength. I want more energy. I want more wisdom. I want a greater anointing. Amen. I want to continue to live under the uh, hedge of God's divine protection in these last days. We all have a part, faith has a part in all these things. You know, so many people without a hope, they do what the world has done. They yield to fear. Haven't you seen them, right? People gripped this year with fear. Fear is never from God, sweetheart. Fear is never from God. The Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear. He has given us the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And you weep for churches who have pastors who are full of fear. They won't open their doors because they're afraid. They don't want to be responsible if someone tests positive. That's fear. That's fear. Amen. And we've proved it out for a year. We've proved it out since mid-April that God will perform His oath of Psalm 91.10 and 1 Peter 1.5 and keep His people as they look to Him to do that. I'm not, we don't deserve any, no, there's no patent on the back here. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank God. And I tell you, if you have friends and families and they're getting down and they're discouraged and they're not being pastored, you could tell them about this place. We have a few seats left, and come next week, we'll have about 50 more in here. we will get new chairs, hallelujah. (laughs) And more chairs. Glory to God. We'll take them. Amen. Amen. See, it's what faith will do. Look at 1 Peter 1, verse 3 and 4. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again or adopted us again, Unto a what? My translation says a lively hope. A lively hope. By the, resu- by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance. That sounds good. Anytime you bring up the word inheritance, I like it. That's a good word, right? What does that say? That's something that you don't have that's laid up for you from somebody else. You didn't earn it. You might not deserve it, but it's there. So God has begotten us again as His children unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance. What kind of inheritance? One that is incorruptible, it is undefiled, and that fades not away. Where is it? Reserved in heaven for you. Now, how religion has taught us, reading scriptures like that, he said, yeah, religion says you have an inheritance. It's reserved in heaven for you, and you'll, you can't access it down here. When you go there, that's when you'll access your inheritance. Not true. Where does it say that in that verse? It doesn't. Now, at the same time, just, just write down the reference if you want it. I know this is not right. I know that we can access our inheritance now. The word heaven, the Greek word, is also easily translated spirit realm or heavenly place. The unseen realm. That's where God keeps your healing, your divine protection, your blessing, your provision. Why? Because when God keeps your inheritance, He keeps it in a place, in a realm in a dimension where it cannot be corrupted, stolen. How many inheritances have been stolen by greedy family members? And thieves. I, I know, I, I've seen it a thousand times. Sweet families turn on one another and hate each other going forward because they're going after Grandpa's plot. That's so sad. That's poverty mentality. That's thinking, I'd rather you just have it. I have a supply from God. Tearing up a family over an inheritance. I've seen and heard that movie many times. It's sad. And if you've you've been taught under me, you ought to not participate in that. But that's my right. It might be. But God will vindicate. But you should not, you know, get into strife and divide a family over money. The Bible says God will vindicate, vengeance is His, saith the Lord. People will pay for that kind of stuff. But you don't need to do that. You have an inheritance, and it cannot be stolen. It cannot fade away. It's not rusting. It is reserved in the spirit realm for you and for me. Hallelujah. Now, Ephesians 1.3 says uh, that God has blessed us. Has his past tense. He has blessed us with Every spiritual blessing, get this, in heavenly places in Christ. He's already done it. Amen. And He's given us the tools to access our inheritance when we want it, when we need it, now. How? Well, number one, He gave you the eye of hope. Your hope... Bible hope is the eye that sees into the unseen realm. And once you see it, you target it, your faith will kick in. And faith will give substance to the thing you hope for. Remember that scripture? And your faith will pull that out of the realm of the unseen into the realm of the seen. But here's the problem. You have to see it. You have to see it if your your faith has nothing to do it has nothing to give substance to if you don't have a hope right. so if you have troubled relationships you need to get in the word and find out parents right there is a scripture train up a child in the way that they should go and when they are old they will not depart from it there's a scripture in isaiah that says all my children are taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace, great shall be the prosperity of my children. You need to find scriptures like that, and you need to put your hope. The world tells us what? Don't get your hopes up. Life's full of disappointments. The way you can stay sane is to have low expectations. That is not the life God called you to, believer. And God wants your testimony in the earth. God wants your example in the earth of how good He is, and you need to get your hope high. I don't know how many times I've been in the hospital and say the family say that doctors have told us there is no hope. Well, that's, they're telling you what they know based on medical science. We have a hope from God. By His stripes, ye were healed. We have hope in the Word. And there's not a situation that means anything to you in life that the Bible hasn't already talked about. That the Bible hasn't... He's promised you a a sweet spouse if you want one. He's promised you kids that are right and sane and not rebellious who love God if you will cooperate and do your part and believe God. He's promised you a supply that will meet all your needs. He's promised to heal your body, protect you in the way. Angels escort you everywhere you go. But, sweetheart, you've got to get in the Word. Find out what's in there. Woo! Praise God. Put that that hunting magazine down, guys, and get in the Bible and find out what's in there. Over 500 redemptive promises. And they belong to you. And it starts with hope. Amen. Now the word lively, we don't use that word anymore today, lively. The word lively means alive. It means Something that is lively, according to the Greek dictionary I read, means something briskly alert and energetic. Amen. It means something that's vigorous, something animated, active, and I like this word, intense. Bible hope is not what the world does. The world goes, yeah, I'd sure like to have new truck. I'd sure like to have a better life. I'd sure like to make more money. But they don't have any expect. That's not alive in them. That it's a half-hearted, tainted, no-faith, fanciful wish that things could be better, that things could change, that I could really have what this preacher's talking about. I don't get behind this pulpit and preach pie-in-the-sky stuff. I'm not trying to build you up on something. False. I'm not, this is not hype. This is the kind of life God has authored for every one of his children. Yeah, but my skin color. What about you? I like your skin color. God likes your skin color. Come on. Well, my gender. Well, I don't. Well, I messed up. We all messed up. We all messed up. You're not disqualified from God's plan because you messed up. That's what the blood of Jesus Christ is for. You know, I made mistakes. Welcome to the club. Join the church today. Man. We disqualify ourselves so quickly and so easily. And we shouldn't. Bible hope is what I'm describing here. It's alive, it's living. There's an intensity to it. You want it, you want it bad. You see it. You're not experiencing it yet, it's not reality but you are so full of hope about your healing and a body that is well and not broken that you're you're salivating. See, and when you get to that place, faith kicks in and all all you have to do to shift from hope to faith is go from seeing it out there to believing I have it now. that's, That's it. When you do that, you have shifted from hope to faith. Faith believes it has it now. Based on what? God's faithfulness. God's, that he keeps his promises. It may not showed up in the natural yet, but my faith has given substance to it. I was thinking the other day, just trying to think about the last 10 years, what I have set my hope on that God has not fulfilled. He's fulfilled it all. I'm having to come up with new hope. Therefore, the title, A New Hope. Amen. When you dream and God fulfills your dream, don't stop dreaming. Dream a bigger dream. This is my question for you today. What is your vision? What is your vision? Is your hope lively? Amen. Really, hope is going to give you a vision. A hope is going to set direction for your life. And if it's a Bible hope, if it's a Spirit-inspired hope... It's got energy attached to it. It's, it will motivate you. It's sad to see Christians, they're so unmotivated. They're so unmotivated. Amen. I don't, I, I'm self-motivated, baby. And I don't know if that's a grace or whatever, but see, I have, I have something out there ahead of me that I see. I'm not there yet, but I am excited. I'm going there. God's taking me there. I remember one of the first prophecies I ever got as a young man about my ministry. Uh, my first mentor, he said, "Now, by the Spirit, he said, now you've you've preached to four. You'll preach to forty. You'll preach to four hundred. You'll preach to four thousand. See, I'm going there. Yeah. Amen. So scoot over, squish in, get ready." Amen. Where are you going? I am so grateful for the money I have, for the resource I have, but God's taking me somewhere. Yeah. And everywhere, every new level God takes me, financially materially, I'm giving more. Yeah. Yeah. My amounts are going up. The, the frequency of my gifts are going up. I'm blessing more people. Isn't that what it's all about? Yeah. What it's all about. Hallelujah. So anyway, now let's go to Habakkuk. Could you get there? Time's going to get away from me here. So Habakkuk. So if you're in those, in your Old Testament and you hit those big books of the prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, it's to the right. Past all that. Past Daniel. I see Joel. I see Amos. I see Micah. There's Micah right there. Oh, there's Habakkuk right there. Habakkuk chapter 2. Y'all with me today? Is this, is this stirring you up? You need to stir yourself up. You know, the Bible says delight yourself in God. Delight yourself in God. And then you know what he said? He will give you the desires of your heart. But notice, God has nothing to give you if you don't have a desire in your heart. What is that? That's your vision. That's your dream, that's your hope. And you can't think bigger than Him. He said, God does exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask, think, dream, or pray. Ephesians 3.20. Come on. So think big. Don't think beyond your measure of faith, but think bigger than what you're experiencing right now. Don't be okay with a tormented mind. Don't be okay with a broken mind. The Bible promises you a sound mind. Yeah. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. Yeah. You shouldn't be okay with a worried mind, a troubled mind, a sick mind, a lust filled mind, a doubting mind, bad attitude mind, a negative mind. Come on. When are you going to get tired of that? You don't have to be that way. You don't have to stay that way. You ought to be positive. You ought to be full of hope, full of vision. Come on. Yeah. What have you been okay with? You have been okay polluting the atmosphere with that muffler that's been bad and and dragging down the street? Why don't you believe God to fix that muffler and help us all? Why don't you believe God for a better car? Well, it's not all about a car. No, it's not about a car. It's about your faith. What are you doing with your faith? What kind of advertisement are we being to the world? Amen. If we were living the way God wants us to live, people would be pressing in. Pressing in. Amen. When when they go, man, what is going on in your life? Where did all this come from? And you give them the right answer. And the the right answer is not, yeah, I'm all that, bad shit. No. The answer is, let me tell you about my father. Let me tell you about God in my life. Let me tell you about where I've come from. Come on, you couldn't keep them out. And, and again, we've got to keep a church that's sweet. Because well, most of what the world sees is a church that bites and hypocrites and gossips and fighting one another and they're dividing and conquering and nobody wants to be a part of that. Amen? Amen? So stay sweet, right? So where are we? We're in Habakkuk chapter 2 and look at verse number 1, 2, and 3 with me. So it says, I will stand, the prophet Habakkuk said, I will stand upon my watch, and I will set me upon the tower, and I will watch to see what he, that's God, will say unto me. And what I shall answer when I am reproved, and the Lord answered me. You know he always does, when you set yourself to pray and hear from him, he's going to speak to you. Amen. Amen. And the Lord answered me and said, what did he say? Write the vision. (laughs) Evidently you're supposed to have one. Writing down the hope, writing down the vision, that's not my idea, that's not some corporate cool thing that companies came up with, it came right out of the heart of God and how He does things. You're not only supposed to have a hope to have a vision, you're supposed to have it written down. And so am I. Amen. Write the vision and make it plain upon tables or tablets. Maybe we're back there. We've got tablets now. But anyway, that he may run that reads it. Now notice, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. See, you're not there yet, but it's out there ahead of you. At the end, it will speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. He just said it would tarry, and then he said it wouldn't tarry. Well, it's two Hebrew words, two different Hebrew words, bad translation. He said, though it seems slow in coming, wait for it. It will come right on time. That's what the Hebrew says. Write the vision and make it plain. Amen. Well, do you know that you can't run with a vision you haven't written? And you can't write a vision that you haven't received? And you can't receive a vision apart from fellowship with God. See, God has given us as His children, two gifts to help you know what to target, what to hope for. Amen? You should not be hoping, guys, for my wife. That's called covet. That's called lust and sin and How do I know that? The Bible says. One of the commandments, right? Thou shalt not covet your neighbor's wife. God will give you your own wife. Yeah. Amen. So what do I set my sights on? What do I put my hope on? He's given us two gifts to help us know what to hope for. Number one is His Word. Right. He will do and perform everything His Word promises. Everything. If you do your part. Amen. Number two... And very importantly, He has given us the gift of the person of the Holy Spirit. You see, Brother Dave and I, we're both sons of God. We have the same covenant. We have the same Bible. But He's unique. There's only one Dave. There's only one Chris. And His journey is His journey. He is where He is in God. I am where I am in God. So we have healing, healing. It's the same thing, but... Depend on me, what's going on with me? The, the Holy Spirit may say, well, Chris, you need to forgive so-and-so if you want healing. And the Holy Spirit may say, well, Brother Dave, your problem is your mouth. You don't talk right. I'm just making stuff up. You've been there? Okay. You're going to confess to it if the shoe fits? Right? So we have to get acquainted with the Holy Spirit. and He will lead us. So, see, He's the one that said... Build a building. Buy land. Well, see, how do I know God's going to, we're going to succeed at that? Because he told me. Because he told me. Amen? I believed God for a a tractor for five years. But it wasn't until the time became right. You want to know when the time became right? It's when my wife said, go buy one. go. Yeah. You know, God works and he works in that. He wants agreement in marriages. Amen. See, Amber and I, one of the reasons why we succeed is we do everything together. Everything. Pastor this church together. Raise our kids together. We buy stuff together. We do everything together. If she's not feeling it, I'm not buying it. Amen. And God works in all of these things. And she said, why don't you go buy you a new tractor? I go, that sounds like God to me. <laughs> sounds like God to me. But you know what? I'm still checking. Amen. And I went and bought, and then I didn't get it right. I, bought, I, was, I, I, I picked one too small. You know how God helped me with that? She goes, well, that's a nice tractor, Chris. That looks like a glorified lawnmower. You need to buy a bigger one. So you really would like my wife now, don't you? Yeah, I, I married up. But I'm just saying, the Holy Spirit is a gift from God. He lives on the inside of you. He knows you, where you're at, what you need, what God's plan is. And He will lead you. He will talk to you. He will stir up desires in your heart. Amen? Let the Holy Spirit stir up a fresh hope in you, a new hope in you, a new vision in you. And as He does, write it down. Every one of you, write it down. Amen? A Maurice top ten. And it doesn't, you know, it needs to be what you want to receive from God. But it also needs to be what you want to do for God. Amen. The church is going to have a WHC top 10. You know, write it down. So he said, write it down. You know, statistics bear out. Written visions come to pass. You know, this unspoken, I have it in my head, this internal sticky note, lifestyle a lot of people live off of, by the seat of their pants, those visions don't come to pass. You know, if you, Pastor Nancy taught me, don't say you. She said, here, say we. It's less attacking that way. So, if we don't care enough about our hope to write it down, God doesn't care enough to bring it to pass. If you're not willing to get out a piece of paper and write it down, when the Bible says write it down, what are we telling God? We don't care enough about it. So if we will write it down, let's show God we're at least interested enough in these things to put it down on paper. I have proved this out in my life. You write stuff down? Amen? And you, you'd be amazed just how that simple act causes. The corporate world, they have figured this out. When, when is the church going to get it figured out? They write down their vision. They write down their company goals. They write down their mission statement. So that everyone in the company can run with it. Flow together. Go together. It comes to pass. Are you with me? Let's go to one more place today. It's much easier to find for most people. Over in uh, Proverbs 29. Let's close there. And so, you know, between now and the first of the year, um, take some time aside. And uh, if you have a family unit, you guys get together. What do you want? What do you need? Amen? And, And dream big. See, God will use just the everyday dreams and wants of human life to help us develop our prayer life and our faith life. You know, and then when you practice this, you, you get stirred up, you have a hope, your faith gives substance to it, it comes to pass. Well, you may have a new truck after that. Good for you. But you know what you have? More than a truck, you have proved for yourself that you can hear from God, stand on His Word, use your faith, and bring the promises of God to pass in your life. And once you have that, the truck will rust and decay, but you can net no one they could put you in a box, put you in a cave, but they can never take your faith away from you. When you learn how to stand on the promises of God and you get that pain off your body, you get that ache off your body, they get, you get that disease off your body, and the doctor didn't do it, and the medicine didn't do it, your faith in God did it, no one can ever take that from you ever again. So it's not all about consumerism and materialism. That's not what it's about. But God will use these natural things that most people, if they're just honest, they want to teach and to train His children how to believe Him. And then you can take that measure of faith and say, Pastor, I've learned how to believe God. What are we going to believe God together for? See, now you've learned how this thing works and now you're an asset in the church family. When we go to talking about the next... Probably $3 million building we want to build. Yes, sir. Amen. Okay. So look at Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, and I'm closing. I think you're listening real good. You're not real shouting at me. You're listening. You're eating okay. All right. Praise God. You know how pastor likes a good response. All right. So without vision, what happens? Look at, let's look at Proverbs 29, verse 18. The Bible says where there is no vision, you could put the word hope there. Where there is no hope, what happens to people? Bad things happen. Bad things happen when you lose hope. That's why Satan tells that lie to people, don't get your hopes up. Satan knows hope is one of three abiding spiritual forces that will last through eternity. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, three things abide: faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Don't you ever let the enemy or some person that doesn't know the Bible try to lower your your hope and what you want to get out of life. There's only three of those forces going to last through eternity. Faith hope, and love. Amen? Without a vision, people perish. So if you're a husband, you're the head of a household, what's the vision for your family? Where are you going? What do we believe in God for in 2021? What are we going to do for God as a family in 2021? What are we going to reach out for? that's beyond our ability so that God can be glorified and have a wonderful testimony in what He did for the Davis family, for the Cody family, for the Suggs family in 2021. Amen? Other translations, it's it's great to read them, I have a few here. The Tanakh translation says, a lack of vision causes people to lose restraint. One of the reasons why you see people, the world is out there, what? Unrestrained. Other translations, more than one would say without a vision, without prophetic revelation, without divine guidance, the people run wild. You, you see society out there running wild. Right. Crazy. Sad. So many young people in our cities going crazy. Why? They don't have a hope. Right. They don't have a hope. Amen. They don't have a vision. Without a hope, what is it? Let's sell drugs, let's let's party it up, let's drink it down, let's steal, let's have a little fun. Right? But see, when you have a hope, when you have a Godborn vision, it's gonna breed proper motivation and discipline. And we all need discipline. One of the things that keeps me up, keeps me focused, keeps me doing what I need to do is because I'm so excited. I, I'm willing to sacrifice today if it helps me cooperate with God to get me where I'm, what I've seen in my, with my eye of hope. Mm-hmm. So I'll be disciplined. I'll sow those seeds. I'll work on myself. I'll renew my mind. I'll keep coming to church. I, I, I'm going to keep being teachable. I'm going to read books. I'm going to learn. I'm going to grow. I'm going to practice. Why? Because it's not all for nothing. I'm going somewhere. So you've got to have a hope. You've got to have a vision. Amen? Yeah, here's the good news translation. It says, without prophetic vision, people run wild. You want to keep your kids on course? What's the vision? Help them. You don't have to do it all for them, but help them with the spiritual tools they need to discover God's plan. Make sure they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Teach them how to pray. Teach them how to hear from God. Amen. Because God's got a great plan for all of us. We have to hear from God first. Again, you cannot run with a vision that you can't read. You can't read a vision you haven't written. You can't write a vision you haven't received. And you you can only receive a vision from God. Now, I'm not talking about having some wild spiritual experience and God appears to you. If God wants to do that, great. I'm talking about direction, insight into what we're going to reach out and believe God to do in the next season of our life. Your business, if you have a business, what's its vision? You have a ministry, what's the vision? If you're a department head, what's the vision? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So write it down. There's going to be a day in early January where we bring all of our visions. You just keep it to yourself, but we're going to release our faith. And then we're going to release our faith every day in 2021 for the, for the top 10 of our life to come to pass. And it's perfectly okay to have 15 things on there if you want. Amen? Amen. Did you get anything out of that today? Good, good. Father, we love you today. Lord, we thank you for the life you authored.